This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. IBM intros new power servers. And a mergers and acquisitions update. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell. That's Michael Feldman. Michael, This Week in HPC, let's just dispatch real quick with some of the mergers and acquisitions that are going on in this landscape right now, starting with, I think the biggest one is that that, uh, Dell closed the deal with the EMC. This is something we've talked talked about before, but they kind of announced the finalization of it. There was an event. They've introduced a new brand, Dell Technologies, that's going to include some of the sub-brands underneath it, the independent software brands, VMware, Pivotal, SecureWorks, RSA, VirtuStream will continue to operate independently. EMC becomes Dell EMC, including Dell EMC services. So all of that has now been finalized and going forward. Yeah, that's sort of an interesting deal there. I mean, it was basically just sort of like a reorganizing of brands there. And actually, the, the addition of Dell Technologies as the umbrella is sort of, to me, is sort of the interesting story here. It, it's Dell, you know, sort of recognizing that with EMC and, and some of these other properties now, it's it's a bigger company than what, what Dell used to be. So it, it makes a lot of sense to sort of add that sort of technologies uh, suffix to everything just to emphasize the fact that they're more than just a, you know, a, a PC and server company now. They've got these other pieces and they're, they're sort of growing up, I guess. And I noticed during the launch that when they talked about their future applications and how they're going to change the world, they never said high-performance computing. But a lot of the examples they gave, probably more than half of them, all had an HPC influence to them and also started to look ahead towards some things like artificial intelligence. So uh, there was some cool stuff. We, we expect that yeah. uh, we'll continue to see them here. The other deal that closed was uh, SoftBank closed its acquisition of ARM. Right. That's something we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. And that actually happened very quickly. So whatever regulatory hurdles were in process there, obviously that went through. And yeah, now that uh, British-owned company is owned by a Japanese-owned company. So that deal is closed and, and in the books. One new deal that closed that we hadn't already been tracking was the sale of adaptive computing to something called ALA. Right. I covered that in a, in a short news piece on Top 500. That was sort of interesting. Adaptive had been, adaptive computing had been independent for so long. It's uh, 15 years going on now. And uh, it had been, you know, a successful company. Its revenues were were in a, in a pretty good range there. Uh, it's, they've been selling a lot into, into certain markets. It's obviously its workload and uh, resource management. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it got bought up by a company that had nothing to really to do with HPC called ALA Services, which is sort of this new organization that's been uh, in the process of acquiring software companies for basically enterprises, trying to get some critical mass of enterprise software under this, uh, this umbrella company. And Adaptive became attractive to them and that sort of fits into uh, what they're trying to do there. And Obviously, Adaptive is an HPC company, but even that on its own, it's been looking at the enterprise space to sort of uh, broaden its uh, scope into uh, into that area as well. So we'll see what goes on there. I don't see any big change in what Adaptive is doing over the short term, but maybe this will help 
uh, you know, get them into that broader market of, of enterprise and cloud computing. I tweeted out a chart, adaptive computing in our most recent survey is tied for fourth in terms of the most named uh, HPC middleware uh, independent service providers. Uh, Intel, of course, the the far and away number one there, but then after MathWorks and IBM, adaptive computing shows up tied for fourth along with Portland Group just ahead of Altair. So uh, definitely something that comes up pretty often in our, our survey base, and we'll see uh, how we continue to track them going forward. Then one final last thing on the mergers and acquisitions side, more of a divestiture, not directly yeah. related to HPC, but HP selling off its software business. Yeah, that looks like it was something that's been anticipated for a while. It was. It didn't really fit into HPE's uh, strategy going forward. So its software business, it sold to MicroFocus, uh, which is a British company, for $8.8 billion. That was a big uh, a big chunk to, to sort of shed off, um, but it's part of their their focus. And in fact, a lot of people think this actually makes HPE uh, a target for acquisition down the road, since it's it's slimmed down enough and focused enough now uh, to to be uh, an attractive uh, buy for some company uh, with obviously a lot of a lot of money. But uh, maybe HPE is is looking to do that, and maybe they'll there'll be a deal forthcoming in the next uh, year or two. Who knows? And you were taking note, Michael, that here's HP slimming down while Dell is bulking up. Yeah, it's like two tier ones passing in the night. I mean, <laughs> Dell now is like uh, probably bigger when you look at the market cap than, than Hewlett Packard now with it slimming down. And um, going forward now, it, it, it might be that Dell has got a, got a bigger footprint in uh, the overall market, uh, HPC aside, than, than HPE now. It's, it's sort of an interesting uh, tale of sort of two companies that are on different parts of their, their corporate life cycle. So we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But it's, it's sort of an interesting thing that's happening in slow motion. But Dell might, uh, might overtake HPE at some point as being uh, a, a more dominant tier one. Well, and if you just look at the HPC business, they, they might go into next year having more HPC annual revenue than than HPE does. Uh, HPE has a slight lead in the server business, and they'll be adding to that with SGI on board. But now Dell will have a, a lead on the storage revenue side right. that, that might more than cancel out. So if you really add up their their complete HPC presences, uh, Dell uh, might wind up being slightly bigger than than HPE by the time all the dust settles on all of these acquisitions. Yep. Why don't we transition, Michael, to the the one company we kind of haven't talked about yet? Here is IBM, and they're the ones that have a new pro, a couple of new products, new uh, uh, new servers on the uh, power side. Yeah, they they announced a trio of servers. The most interesting one for us, I think, uh, is the one that includes the new NVIDIA GPUs, the P100s that we've talked about on a few occasions. Those are the the Pascal generation GPUs with this NVLink technology, which is sort of a big step forward for GPU computing in that it it, uh, much more closely integrates the GPUs into the CPU host and and improves performance and really programmability by by a far shot. And IBM this week announced what is basically the first server to integrate those GPUs with the NVLink technology uh, so intimately. 
Yeah, there, as you mentioned, there's there's three different products coming out here that kind of fit into this power spectrum in between two products they already had, the right. S812LC and the S822LC. The 812 was a, a single socket system for big data and memory intensive workloads. The 822LC was more of a, a memory bandwidth kind of machine. Now, these new products, part of what they do, as you're mentioning, is bring in some of these GPU capabilities. The model number you were just talking about is the S822LC for high-performance computing, which is right. uh, announced this week. General availability will be by the end of the month, and that's the new Power8 processor together with NVIDIA NVLink and up to four integrated NVIDIA Pascal GPUs. There's also... Still an S822LC that's for big data now, and that one's generally available now. That's a little more storage-centric, still has the two Power8 processors, but talks about using CAPI as the GPU interconnect. Then the third one is the S821LC. That one's without the GPUs and is just the, the two Power8s and a 1U form factor for dense computing. Right, right. Those latter two are basically aimed at the at the Linux server market and all that entails. It's the it's the SA twenty two LC for HPC that's the real standout here, especially as far as we're concerned. There's 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 basically no other OEM out there that's gonna be able to deliver this because they they're the only ones, IBM's the only one right now that actually has a chip and this is a, a new variant of the of the Power A chip that supports NVLink uh, built into that uh, silicon. So what they're able to do is take advantage of that much faster uh, interprocessor interconnect, not just GPU to GPU, but also CPU to GPU. So the data transfer capabilities around all these processors and coprocessors is going to be much smoother in this uh, in this server than anybody else is going to be able to reproduce uh, in, in the short term unless somebody buys this IBM uh, Power 8 chip, this variant uh, from them, and, and builds a similar type of system. But for the time being, this is a, a very unique product, and it's, it's going to be the one that, or it's the precursor, the one that is going to go into that the Summit and Sierra systems, uh, hopefully next year, maybe early 2018, uh, uh, with with updated uh, processors in this case, but basically the same NVLink capability that makes the uh, the data transfer so quick and, and easy. Yeah, now theoretically someone else could pick this up, not even just OEMing it from uh, from IBM, but this is open power, right? right. Someone else could design this same uh, a server or a riff on it, right? Right. Presumably they could do their own power design with NVLink uh, built in as well. I'm sure NVIDIA would be happy to do that. I don't see that happening in anytime soon. I think the market is maybe a little too niche here for for like a Taiyan or or one of the other Chinese firms, but it could happen certainly. I mean, if power becomes a a big thing going forward, I think for the time being, even for the short term and medium term, IBM's going to have this particular market with these uh, with these GPUs to itself. And we should mention though, it's it's not just they're adding one or two GPUs. This actually HPC servers got four GPUs in it, so these are the big P100 GPUs. Each one has uh, or delivers something on the order of five teraflops. So this thing has uh, this one box, which is just a 2U box, has something like 20 
double precision teraflops in it, which is quite the quite the server. It's hard to think that there's another box out there that has something bigger, except maybe for NVIDIA's own DGX box that it came out with when it introduced the P100s. That has eight of these GPUs in it. But from an OEM, this is one of the, the larger servers out there that's uh, sort of meant for production business. Yeah, just giving some of the other specs on it. You mentioned it's a two-socket, two-U, and it's got up to a terabyte of memory, 230 right. gigabytes a second of memory bandwidth, uh, the four GPUs, three PCIe slots. Uh, interesting to me is that this is available either as air-cooled or water-cooled, which gives you a couple of uh, of options incorporating it into the data center. Now, you're talking about this being one of the the bigger tier one uh, GPU-based systems. Of, of course, Dell has had a, a four GPU power edge for a while. You don't want to discount right. that. That's been a bread and butter product for Dell. The difference here being the NVLink is what IBM right. is going to hope sets this apart in the market. Now, we're, we're really waiting to see how much traction power starts to get in the market. They that's been a little slower than I would have liked to see this if I were, you know, IBM really hoping for the uptick. But it's, it's if it's late now, it's not too late. And uh, and I'm really excited to see what kind of momentum are they going to get between now and supercomputing. Yeah, that'll be something to watch. Now I talked to uh, Samit Gupta over there at IBM, and he seemed very bullish on on their prospects here. Certainly, this is a product that that didn't have an equal in the in the market right now, he says the early uptake has been very positive and there's a lot of demand for it. Uh, longer term, we'll see what happens. Like you said, that depends upon the popularity of of power and even these GPUs going forward. But right now, for, for certain types of deep learning applications for HPC, uh, customers who, who have, are tied into the GPU, the CUDA ecosystem under NVIDIA, this is something that's going to be very attractive to at least play with and, and see how much more performance you can get out of it. The, the early benchmarks uh, from IBM look very positive. The, the system, because of the more powerful P100 GPUs and the NVLink capability, uh, are, are much faster uh, at the application side than even the K80s of a few years ago, the K80 Tesla GPUs. So uh, you'll get a good performance bump, presumably on on most HPC codes, on on deep learning codes. If you if you can compare those well, with this system, and um, yeah, it'll just be interesting going forward how how uh, aggressively this gets picked up by those communities. But uh, certainly a differentiated product there, and something IBM is pinning a lot of its hopes on. Well, yeah, and this is where the visions of IBM and NVIDIA really start coming together is the emphasis yeah. on cognitive computing, deep learning, being a breakthrough application for, for these two companies. Really, when you look at that open power consortium, to me, the least important thing in it is power, right? The the fact yeah. that they've got a high memory bandwidth server with the NVLink, with the GPUs that they can put together with the uh, the platform suite from a middleware perspective and the spectrum scale storage to move data around. Uh, the fact that it's a power processor, I think, if anything, you want to de-emphasize that and just talk about all these other features of the of the of the product. That's going to be what uh, how they're really competing against Intel is is not on the processor, but but on everything else uh, around it. It's going to be interesting to see how the market responds. Yeah, it will be. And with the uh, obviously the new Knight's Landing Xeon Phi's coming out, uh, sort of in parallel to this. 
um, we're going to see those systems built with those processors competing against this because, again, those are going to be aimed at HPC and deep learning as well. Actually, there's a variant now for for deep learning that, that Intel's putting out with Xeon 5, but those processors uh, are sort of going to go head-to-head and, and setups like these uh, from various OEMs that are building with Xeon 5s are going to compete against each other. So it'll be an interesting 12 months to, to 24 months down the road as these things sort of collide and, and see what the uptake is. But uh, for the time being, IBM has what looks like to be a very competitive product here. And uh, yeah, something obviously you'll be watching as an analyst and I'll be watching uh, mm-hmm. from the journalist's side. One final thing, very quick shout out that the DOE announced its first Exascale Computing Project Awards, about $40 million, just a tick under, going to uh, uh, 15 uh, application development proposals for full funding, plus seven more for seed funding. We're, we had a lot of news this week, Michael. I don't think we can cover that in detail, but maybe we'll get back to that one next week. Yeah, interesting development there. It's good to see the Exascale work going forward at the DOE. But yeah, lots to cover there. And uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of that Exascale computing project work uh, down the road as well. All right. Thanks a lot, Michael. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com. 